Welcome to the Sports Gods Pick Show. We are in the divisional round of the NFL playoffs. We got Ace, Ant, and Malik. What's up? What's up? What's going on, man? Not much. Just recording a little podcast here. All right. (laughs) To all of our 55 to 65 listeners. So it was great how we all got Seattle wrong. That was pretty impressive. And Buffalo. Yes. But we all got Baltimore right. And Chicago almost came through that backdoor cover because, man. Almost? No, no. Almost. That was no almost. It was 18. You, no, you, you it was a, The spread I, was 10, and you lost by 18. That's not an almost. They <laughs> That's nowhere near almost. They didn't lose by 18. They lost by 12. 21 to 9? Yes. They lost by 12. No. <laughs> yeah. And guess what? If it was apparently the rules changed now, that you don't have to kick the extra point if you're going to lose the game. Yeah. So it used to be that they would have to kick the extra point, or meaning they could have gone for two and ruined everybody's day and made it a push. Wouldn't that happen? They used to do that back in the early 2000s. I don't know when they changed the rules, but they could have just ruined everyone's day. Yeah. Team games have been won or lost. Bets have been won or lost on extra points in the playoffs. And also... I do say one thing, though, Ace, before you go any further. You did kind of jinx me last week. How's that? Because you picked the team of of the Browns, and I didn't want to be anywhere near you. So I said, you know what, let me move to the other side. Well, it was just me (laughs) being petty because you said, I'm just going to pick the other team. And I was was already talking to Cleveland because I thought that Cleveland wasn't as bad as they thought. And you can't play a team three times and beat them by more than a touchdown. So I was right, right? I didn't think Cleveland was going to win. I just didn't think that. Pittsburgh was going to beat them by a touchdown. And, that's true. you know, they weren't on track to do that. They just gave well, I thought Cleveland was going to win. I actually thought Cleveland was going to win. I should have picked that way, but you know what? Yeah. The petty emotions got ahead of me. And I just thought Chicago was just getting too many points. And honestly, until the fourth quarter, they were covering. So, I don't know. Ten points is a lot. And speaking of ten points, uh, we can go over our games last week. Malik did the best going three and three, and me and Ant tied at uh, two and four. See, I would have been three. See, I would have had three and three. I should have stuck to my, my guns. I would have yeah. I would have went out. Yeah, you would have. You would have been three and three too. And I should have known to not pick my. Um, I should have known to not go against Washington. I guess that um, that defense is serious. And that even defense Alex, was good, man. Alex Smith didn't play. I kind of find it ridiculous that they're talking about Taylor Heineke. It's like, it's a little insulting because they're like, wow, I can't believe he's not, not this bad. <laughs> because basically, and he's not terrible. Yeah. So him not being yeah, exactly. is like amazing. But like, come on. We, we, we know what it was. First of all, Gronkowski didn't have, did he play? He did. Yeah. He did? Mm-hmm. So he just didn't record a single catch? No. Okay. So yeah, he was mostly in doing block blocking and stuff. I mean, they they you know not for nothing, their game plan was to run the football, and they mm-hmm. did run the football. Yeah. Um, and Brady had a good game. Like they like the all in all, the the, the biggest concern on Tampa Bay was their defense. Oh, they not, they, not they did not they did not play a great defensive game against a team that I mean, they should have they should have smoked. Um. 
and now he's they're going up against a, a bunch. Game. Right, but now they're going up against a much better offense. But I will um, say that the Saints' week. defense, yes, they are going up against a much better offense. Chicago held them in check. Drew Brees messed up with that leaning over touchdown. I can't believe he did that. Um, I don't know why they didn't just send um, Latavius Murray over the top rather than risking Drew Brees getting his hand broken or slapped, slapped off at the end of the game for no reason. Like, they could have just knelt that out, but they were like, nah, we want to rub it in and score. Because you're up 21 Well, they wanted to put the game away. They wanted the to put the game away. away. At the time, they were up 21-3. Yes, and we know how good of a comeback team the Bears are. <laughs> they wanted to salt the game away, my friend. I hear That's you. when you overcoach. Yeah, so I'm not, no, no, I'm not saying don't score. I'm saying why not just give it to the running back or why not just bring in Taysom Hill again and let him do it? We don't care if he gets hurt. Like, I'm sorry. I hate to be mean. <laughs> I think they kind of do care if he gets no, hurt. No, they do care. He's 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 very important to that offense. He's a lot more durable than Drew Brees, diving over the middle at the end of a game for no reason. He is, but he's, 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 he is as important as Drew Brees is to that offense. In terms yeah, you of, don't want to have both of them out of whoever the third quarterback is pop in. Oh, wait a minute. That's a good quarterback over there. I forgot about him. Listen, Jameis Winston is a better QB than Taysom Hill. <laughs> he may very well be, but he's not. He doesn't factor into the offensive game plan the way that Hill does. No, the only game that really shocked me was the Seattle Seahawks losing at home to the Rams. That game was going a little both ways, and the Rams just took off on them. That didn't surprise you? Mm, not really. Then why did we the all Rams? Pick, the, then why we all pick the, Seattle? Well, well, we all picked <laughs> Seattle because they were at home, and they were they were at home. It was a three and a half point. It was a three and a, they were three and a half point favorites at home, and we yeah. didn't. And and the main reason that I picked Seattle was because Jared Goff wasn't playing. Right, Jared Goff was, yeah. was supposed to be yeah. injured. You know, they were supposed to and be. He came in. He was to have to lean heavily, and he came in. You know, the the backup uh, was it. Wofford got injured really early, and Goff <laughs> came in and didn't stink up the joint, and that was pretty much all you needed to do because. Because the because the 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 Rams defense played. I mean, the Rams defense the Rams defense came out to play. We knew. I think I had mentioned even on the, on the show last week that uh, Jalen Ramsey, DK Metcalf, come. You know that that matchup was going to be interesting and was going to be tough for them to do anything. But I you just assumed that you know Seattle had enough weapons to overcome that, and they didn't. They clearly didn't, and that's what wound up you know be, biting them in biting them in the end because. It, everything was put on Russell Wilson's shoulders, and he wasn't able to get it done. You know, so well, that's not fair. The defense couldn't stop nobody. Oh, and thanks to that game, Brian Schottenheimer, Brian Schottenheimer got fired. What? what oh, oh part of part of ways. Yeah, I forgot What's your about beef that. with him. No, 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 he used to be the Jets OC. Okay, I just don't like him. Okay, uh, <laughs> he has, he's a, have a horrible scheme. He has a horrible scheme that's in ancient times. No, he's an old man. Wait, no, he's not. He's young. He's young, but you talk, he, he has a lot of emotions and stuff like that, and everybody who's anybody, especially in the older, retired players, can read his offense. Motions work when you have better athletes, like in college, but in the NFL, that doesn't usually work. So unless you're Alabama and you're playing Ohio State, that ain't going to confuse <laughs> anybody. That's how dudes catch for 400 yards in a national title game. That, that that don't work in the NFL unless you're like Randy Moss and you can just run by people, you know? Yeah, talent helps. So, yeah, I, I kind of start to realize, like, um, the head coach of San Francisco, um, I keep forgetting his name because they didn't make the playoffs this year. Um, Kyle Shanahan? Kyle Shanahan. 
everybody thought he was so amazing in uh, Atlanta, but then I realized, oh yeah, you had Julio Jones at the top of his game, and you had two good running backs. So yeah, that helps. That's probably why all of your plays worked. You had one of the best five receivers in the league. It doesn't take a genius to do that. <laughs> not to be, you know, not to say like Duran didn't take some work into it. He did do something new, but when you have guys that are, you know, killing it at their position, it's like, oh well, yeah, what should we do? Run the ball with Adrian Peterson or throw the ball to uh, Julio Jones? I don't know. Let's let's choose. <laughs> that, that's what happens. Yeah. You want to look like a, like a genius. Right. You know, like a certain Adam Gates person, but anyway, we're not going to talk about him. The only thing you just did, the only thing that didn't surprise <laughs> me was the Baltimore Ravens putting the smack down on the Tennessee Titans. Oh, they yeah. They locked down on Derrick Henry. And I really but I was, enjoyed it. Wasn't that. I correct in saying it was going to be a bloodbath? I was right. Yeah, it was going to be a hard-nosed game. And they took it old school on. They did not ease up at all. They did not ease up at all. The only thing that surprised me was the Bills being as close as they were. I picked them because I expected them to blow up the Colts, but the Colts were, were very able to keep it close. And they could have won that game, which yep. leading into this game, the for some reason they put the Packers and the Rams up first. And I'm trying to figure out how. And they have the Bills and the Ravens on Saturday night. The Yeah, the two booming franchises and fan bases of Buffalo and Baltimore against, for some reason, L.A. and Green Bay are playing the uh, early game, which makes no sense to me, but I don't know. But the Green Bay Packers are, let's do the first game. The Green Bay Packers are favored against the L.A. Rams at six and a half, and they're playing in Green Bay. I believe the weather is going to be, what, like 17 degrees or something crazy like that again? Oh, no, that's not good. It's going to be cold. I don't know what. It doesn't matter. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's going to be cold and it's going to be nasty. It's horrible. I hate Wisconsin. <laughs> it is. And we don't even know. Jared Goff is expected to play. Um, he is. The left tackle came in and he played. So that's really, I think, what uh, helped. Uh, that's what helped LA more than anything. Uh, mm-hmm. Andrew Whitworth. Their offensive line was solid with him there. Their defense was solid as usual. And Jared Goff was able to get it going. Now that was home. Now that was an away game in Seattle. If they can carry just that little bit of offense and that defense travels to Green Bay, if um, you know Jalen Ramsey can shut down Devontae Adams, I don't know what else the Green Bay Packers really have because they're not really great at running the ball. Because the Bears were able to stop Aaron Jones and um, the rookie out of BC last week from running much so without him they're kind of a one-man team and I think their defense should be able to get some pressure on Aaron Rodgers with um the edge rushers and also with Aaron Donald just coming up the middle Leonard Floyd is playing off the charts with them so I think six and a half is too much so I'm going to take the Rams on this one I think this is definitely going to be on the over though this over under is way too low at 45 and a half so I'm going to take the Rams and the over this one. And, All right. You're taking the Rams in the over. I'm taking Packers in the over. The Rams got a good defense and stuff like that. They allowed, what was it? Let's see here. Well, I had it up here earlier. They allowed 25 points. Actually, no, that's Green Bay's defense. They allowed 25 points um, for the last six games, but the Rams have been quite kind of good. They scored like around 30 points. I can see the Rams still pulling it out and winning this as well, but 
it's going to have to be their defense at least to do one or two scorings before for the Rams to actually pull us out. But I'm going to go with the Packers on this. I'm going to go with the Packers in the over this. I don't. I think you know that the Rams' time is up here. They can't survive like they did last week. Okay, Malik. So Green Bay doesn't have to. Green Bay just has to win by a touchdown. This is this is actually to me. This is this is one of the easier games. Um, I told you guys I didn't. I didn't believe in Jared Goff. Um, I still don't believe in Jared Goff. I don't believe that he's going to lead this team into Green Bay and get a win, or that he's going to lead them to a cover. Um, this is the type of weather that Green Bay thrives in. Aaron Rodgers is perfectly fine throwing and, and, and succeeding in this type of environment. And so even though, even with uh, Jalen Ramsey chasing Devontae Adams around, and even if he's able to lock him down, which I actually don't think is going to happen this time around, um, I think that the Green Bay offense is be perfectly fine to put together put together enough points to uh, to hold off. And the defense, which has been playing better over the last couple of weeks, um, actually holds down and you know prevents uh, LA from getting <clears throat> from you know making it making it a scoring bonanza. So I'm actually going to take Green Bay in the under here oh, okay. for it to go under the what's the what's the what's the over under again? It was forty five and a half. Yeah, under the 45 and a half. So I'm going to take Green Bay on the under here. I think it'll – I actually think this plays probably somewhere around 27, 13, something like that. So just under, literally like just a under. touchdown under. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. Well. You never know. It could actually be snowing that day too. <laughs> oh, no. It's expected, just so you know, the weather report says uh, 45 chance, 45% chance of rain and snow with a high of 35 degrees. And a low of 30. So because they're playing during the day on Saturday, well, 4.35 in the afternoon. But by then, it'll probably actually be dark in Green Bay because they're that far north and it's already uh, January. So the sun's going to be setting as the game's going on. I don't. That's not going to affect it. I don't even know. I think they're going to have some fans, though. I think they're going to allow some fans at the games. Because they've been doing that for most of the playoff games, even in cities where they haven't allowed it all season. The Rams, I don't know. I just believe in their defense. Um given that the Packers lost the game to Green Bay to Minnesota at home and the Rams have a much better defense and a improving offense and their left tackle is hurt. Um, so yeah, Brian, Brian, yeah. Brian Balaga, right. Brian Balaga is not going to be, a, mm-hmm. he's not going to be playing. So nope. I still don't think they have solved that problem, but at least they've gotten time to prepare. And this is still the best. Yeah, this is the best defense in the NFC that's left in my opinion, at least statistically. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are better against the run, but um, that will help them a lot against the Saints. And I think for that game, they're going to be prepared. But moving on, we got the Buffalo Bills against the Baltimore Ravens. Two very similar quarterbacks, one just a lot bigger than the other. And I am very happy about my Ravens, and I'm calling them my Ravens because that's the team I'm riding in the playoffs, especially after how uh, my man Marcus Peters, who I'll be copping that jersey pretty soon, Act, was acting in the playoffs after he got that interception. I was loving that. I was loving all of that. I was here for it. So I'm taking the Ravens on this one. Um, they run the ball well. The Bills don't defend the run well. And when you can run like that, you can throw. And the fact that he outrushed uh, Derrick Henry in a game was just amazing to me. The fact that Lamar Jackson can pretty much do that single-handed, like, I'm going to go out and win this one. And they were just able – the defense just stopped him. 
I don't see any reason why the defense won't just double-team Stephon Diggs and make Josh Allen beat them thrown to somebody else. And I think that'll be an effective strategy. I think the uh, Ravens have better coaches, and I believe they have a better defense. I don't know about the offenses just yet, but Lamar Jackson has proved a lot to me winning his first playoff game, which is interesting because Josh Allen won his first playoff game as well last weekend. So they have that in common along being drafted in the same year. But I don't know if this is going to hit the over-under. 49.5, I don't expect this game to be two to three touchdowns apiece. It could end up being a shootout like Baltimore had with Cleveland, and if that does happen, I'm still going to lean towards Cleveland on this one. Give me the two and a half and the Ravens. Malik. Yeah, I'm going to uh, I'm going to run with the Ravens here as well. Um, I think Buffalo is a uh, – I, I think Buffalo is the type of team that Baltimore – I'm sorry, yeah, Baltimore plays well. Um, a, team that, a team that can't really defend the run very well. A team that's not going to – um, put a lot of pressure on them to, you know, force force Lamar Jackson to throw in the football. Um, this is going to be the type of game where Lamar Jackson and the Ravens are able are going to be able to, at the very least, keep it close. I think this is a game that could easily go the, the, to the Buffalo Bills, but I think it goes that way in a in a in a very tight matchup between between two teams that are very very evenly matched, even quarterback situations. Um, I think Baltimore, I would lean a little bit towards Baltimore on the defensive side, but I would lean a little bit towards Buffalo on the offensive side. So I think there's a, I think this is a, this is a, a tug of war, you know, grudge match that I cannot wait to see. Um, and just because I'm getting two and a half points, I'm going to take the, take the two and a half points and I'm going to roll with Baltimore and I'll take the under as well. And just to everybody listening out there, this is being recorded on a Thursday night. So if you're getting your bet in Friday or even early Saturday, this may end up being, even or Baltimore minus one, one and a half. Cause this spread is moving down throughout the week. It started out at three and a half, four. And. Well, for me, um, the way I see it is that um, there's going to be a game of possessions right here. You have the Ravens definitely can li- limit the um, Bills possessions here by just running the ball all day. Plus they have a good pass defense and stuff like that. It's going to be kind of hard for the Bills to win. I would side with y'all, but for some reason, I think the Bills is going to pull this out at the end. This is a home game for the Bills. I'm going to go with Bills in the under in this one. That's it. No breakdown of the offense or the defense. You just, no, no, you just feel the no. Bills got the advantage they own. Yeah, I think the, I think the Bills is going to pull this out. I mean, yes, everything looks like it's going to go against the Bills, but I think they can actually pull this out. All right. Moving on, we got the Kansas City Chiefs hosting the Cleveland Browns, the upset pick of the week last week by myself. Thank you, Anthony, for uh, encouraging me to do that. Oh, you're welcome. Not going to happen again. <laughs> so that's so why I say now, but you know, I can see it happening again, but whatever. Well, you, you just did it with the Buffalo Bills. So yeah. thank you again. <laughs> Preemptively, thank you. Hey, if I win on that one, one. Yeah, the over-under on this one is 57 points, which I think is insane. They're basically already saying, and no defense going to be played on this one. Um, Ten-point spread. I mean, I, I could believe the Chiefs could do that, but after last week, seeing Cleveland going to Pittsburgh again, nobody thought they were supposed to be and they're supposed to win. And Kareem Hunt just performing, or outperforming, I should say. And the team that had to cut him a couple of years ago after that incident in Cleveland, I'm not saying <laughs> this is a revenge game, but he definitely has something to prove. 
And Kansas City is not exactly known for their defense or being able to stop the run, as San Francisco proved last year in the uh, Super Bowl. So between him and Nick Chubb, I expect them to be running a lot, which is going to run down the clock. The Chiefs don't need a lot of time to score with Tyreek Hill, but um, I don't expect Cleveland to leave him too open. I'm going to take the Browns plus 10. Chiefs win, but they just don't win by enough. I think they win by seven or nine. That 10 point, that 10th point is really just what's killing it for me. At nine and a half or 10 or more, I would take Cleveland. Anything less than that, I would probably take the Chiefs. So the line staying steady at 10. I'm going to take the Browns and the over. I expect it to be a very high-scoring game. The Browns may have a better rush, but um, Patrick Mahomes gets the ball out quick, so I don't think it's going to affect them. Browns to cover. And There's actually a, te- um, a game with two teams that have two running backs on both of the, their sides that can actually be starters. It's crazy. Yeah. But Cleveland's live and die by the running game. Without that, I don't think they can actually pull anything out as far as wins is concerned in the playoffs. They're going to be running it early and stuff like that, trying to do that grind and pound thing. But I know I've been saying this all all season, that, well, the season that we had, this, the short the short part, that Chiefs are not trying to score a lot and stuff like that. But I think this one they're going to have to. So I think they're going to actually pull us out at the end. I'm going to have to go with Chiefs on this one. I'm going to go with the over in this one, especially how, how um, things are going to go with, uh, with this. I think they're going to start scoring just to put the Browns away. Okay. Well, I will say that Clyde Hilaire Edwards was kind of shaky towards the end of the season. And as a rookie, he didn't have a 1,000-yard season, but he only had 181 attempts. So, And this is the first time these two teams have ever actually met in the playoffs, considering how old both of these franchises are. I haven't been in the league. Cleveland longer, but having both been in the league at least since 1960. Historic moment. I know. Malik. Yeah, I I I, tr- I tend to trend towards the 10 points here. I don't like giving t- like double digit spreads in playoff games. Just doesn't feel right. It never really did. It never never feels right to me. Um, Dan Olavsky was on ESPN, I believe on Monday or Tuesday talking about this game and his assessment from, from his perspective was that in order for Cleveland to win this game, they have to, they would have to manufacture um, drives, at least three drives of 70 yards or more um, that takes up, you know, at least seven minutes of, of, of play clock of game okay. time. The thing that we know um, that Cleveland is absolutely going to have to do to win this game is, when they get to the red zone, they have to score touchdowns. They cannot yes. be kicking field goals. They have to be putting up six or seven every single time they yes. get they get an opportunity to do or so. Eight. Because Definitely. yeah, because you can't give Casey any opportunity to you know to have a leg up on you uh, when it comes to scoring drives. And so that's the reason why I'm going to I'm going to you know, roll with Cleveland just because I feel like Kevin Stefanski and and the, and the Cleveland offense they understand that and they're going to take some chances. There's going to be some chances, some 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 shots taken. The opportunities taken, they're going to be pushing because they know they can't let this team up. They have to, have to, have to, you know, keep the pedal to the metal and keep the keep the pressure on KC to try to win this game. I mean, they're going to do whatever they possibly can to try to win this game, and that doesn't include losing by over ten points. So, um, if you if you're picking KC to win this game, then you're basically saying that Cleveland has no chance of winning it because. That's that. That just means that just means they're 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 terrible, right? They're just not, they're just not able to stay with them, and I think that that's wrong. I think that that's what we've seen so far is that they can score with just about any team in the NFL. They may not be able to defend all that well. Um, they may not be able to defend great, 
but they can score with just about anybody in the NFL, and they're going to be able to score with KC. So I'm going to take I'm going to take Cleveland, and I'm going to take the over. I'm just having flashbacks of last year. Flashbacks of last year when what? When Kansas in the City. Well, who did Kansas City play last year at home for the first game? Well, I remember them scoring a lot. I can't remember exactly who he was playing, but I remember them scoring a lot. I can't remember, like recall it right now who they actually played. Because I remember the Tennessee went to Tennessee went to came to New England. They beat them. Baltimore lost at home to um, who was that? Tennessee. Ten, no, Tennessee. Tennessee beat. Um, oh, that's right, because New England got the bye, so they beat they beat Baltimore. No, New England. No, oh, uh, Baltimore New England. got a bye. They beat yeah, New England Baltimore and then got they the beat bye. Baltimore, and then they lost mm-hmm. to Kansas City. So Kansas City played right. the opposite side. So had that had to be um, Buffalo, right? They had to light up. No, Buffalo lost Kansas the first City, round. Kansas City played Houston. Kansas City played Houston and tore them apart. Yeah, That's what yeah. it was, yes. Wasting another year to Sean Watson's career. So he will be a Chicago Bear by the end of, uh, by the end of April, believe me. But that will be nice. <laughs> Kansas City leads the league in passing yards, okay? Kansas City is 10th in points against, meaning – there will beat you, but this game is going to be 42 to 30, 35. They're not going to blow. They're not going to beat you by 15 or 16 points. The majority of their games, they've won by – I mean, the last game last game they played, they lost, but they didn't need to win that game, so they already locked it up. They haven't won too many games by double digits since early in the season. The last real team that they destroyed was Denver, right? And that was – 43-16. That was back in October. Yeah. And the only two games they've lost, they've actually lost them at home, which is weird. They were undefeated away. So I don't know if they've been more relaxed. I don't know if guys have been going out and like taking that week off or partying, but maybe they want to repeat, and I believe that they can. But I just don't see them beating the Browns by 2021. The Browns have come too far, and they're playing with house money. So they're coming in loose. And Miles Garrett, after redeeming himself last week with a couple of sacks, and Ben Roethlisberger throwing three picks, like this defense feels they're ready. So I got to take the Browns. All right, moving on to the next one. We got the New Orleans Saints taking on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, which I believe is being broadcast on the History Channel. <laughs> no country for old men. Yeah, the TMZ. Three points and the over/under in this game is fifty-two, which is kind of surprising given Tampa Bay has the number one rush defense in the league. And the Saints have one of the top ten pass defenses in the league. Malik, I'm going to let you take this one first because I know you're a Saints fan. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm a little surprised. I'm really, really surprised about this over-under because when these two teams have played, the two games that they have played, it was either very, very close uh-huh. and they didn't, they, didn't hit the, they, wouldn't, they didn't hit the 52, if I, if I remember correctly, in that week one game. Uh-huh. Uh, or maybe they did, but that was week one. And then the second time they played, Tampa didn't score. And Tampa had their entire complement of players during that, in, in that game, and they didn't score. And they, would, they lost that game 38-3. to So I don't know where they're coming up with this, uh, with this 52 points because these teams will play defense against one another. They're going to defend the hell out of each other, and, they're going, and they know each other very well. I, I imagine this, this game is going to be, is going to be close, um, and it's not going to be a blowout one way or the other. This is going to be one of those games that goes back and forth, pretty much a nail biter. Um, the one, the, you know, obviously, I'm going with New Orleans, but the reason, the reason here that I'm going with New Orleans is because I feel like they're going to, the, the Saints are going to put the game in the hands of uh, they're going to they're going to take away Leonard Fournette, take away that running game, 
Brady still still needs that running game in order for him to, you know, to to balance things out. And they're gonna take the game out, of, take the game away from him, and take the game, put the game into Leonard Fournette, take and knock knock him knock him back a little bit, stifle that running game, and you put you put Tom Brady in 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 third and long situations, and then let the dogs loose and let let them go after him just the way just like the way Washington did, and almost pulled out a win from <laughs> pulled out a win pulled out a win against yeah. them. Yeah. So if you can do that, I, I see the Saints doing exactly the same thing. That defense, that defense dials it up to ten and gets them a victory and gets them on their way to Green Bay uh, for the NFC Championship game. So give me New Orleans, and I will play the under. All right. And yeah, if it, I'm going to go with the same thing. New Orleans and the under. I, everything will be excited here. Um, it's, yeah, it's battle of no country for old men and stuff like that. But I, tr- I, um, I trust um, Sean Payton more as a coach, more than I trust um, Bruce Arians as far as this part, when we got to this level right here. Okay. I really think that Sean Payton can pull, is going to pull this off and coach a good game and have the Saints pulling it out. It's more than just offense. It's more than just dumping it down. That's basically Bruce Arians tossed it all day. But just like Malik said, they're going to take, take away the running game from the, um, the, the um, Buccaneers and then – Limit, just limited everything there. But anyway, I'm going to go with the Saints here. Going to Saints with the under as well. I would like to point out that Ronald Jones practiced today. So I don't know if that affects them being able to run the ball a little bit better, but he he appears that he will be available this week for them to play. So they won't be able to just, you know, they're not just going to have to lean on Fournette. They got McCoy. He's actually practicing as well. But um, Unless they get Bill Belichick on their staff and uh, over the weekend, they, they're not pulling this out. Oh, I wasn't going to say all that, but the fact that Mike Evans played as well as he did last week and he was uh, hurt, I'm not surprised that, uh, I, I don't know, I'm leaning towards the Buccaneers, not just because um, I feel like the Saints are such a one-man team, and especially after last week against Chicago, because Chicago's defense really showed me, like, unless Alvin Kamara is playing great, they're not going to win this game. The fact that Chicago was able to stay with them for so long and be such a bad team, basically offensively all year and even in that game, and just not utilize their weapons right. Like, I don't think Bruce Arians is going to give them too many chances. But the fact that the Saints were able to blow them out late in the season kind of lets me know, like, they have figured out something about what the Bucks are doing that they just know because they beat the brakes off of them. And that was towards, you know, I mean, that was in November. That was like seven, eight weeks in, so half the season had gone by, and they were at Tampa too. So they One thing that makes this interesting, like we already been going over these games, but quite just mm-hmm. to get in in our listeners' minds, this is a this is a, a rivalry a division. Yeah, third time. This is the division. Exactly. On team they facing each other, they know each other. So, so this should be the best game of the week. And like I said, and like I just said, rarely does the team beat somebody three times in a row. Pittsburgh beat Cleveland twice. The third time, they did not. Um, Cleveland Same thing happened to Patriots. No, actually, it twice. If Baltimore and Cleveland both win, they'll be playing each other. And they'll be playing mm-hmm. each other in, I believe it's in Baltimore. Or no, they'll be yeah, playing be each in other in Cleveland, right? Mm, no, in Baltimore. Baltimore. Baltimore's the highest, the lower seat. Baltimore, yeah, Baltimore's the lower seat. Well, the, the, the higher, sorry, the higher seat. The higher seeds. They're the fifth seed, yeah. and Cleveland's the sixth seed. Right. Yeah, so that's why Cle- that's why Cleveland's going to Kansas City. Exactly, right? Because Cleveland City's the lowest seed. Tampa Bay, is, yeah, seat. Tampa Bay's the highest seed that didn't win their division. Um, I can see Cleveland be the upset game of the week. 
I can see the Bucks being the upset game, but the fact that this is a three-point spread, I think, is just showing respect to the Bucks, and people believe that Brady's going to be able to do it. He is still two years older, but um, I don't know. I It really depends on how well Gronkowski plays to me, which I want to take the Bucks because I really think the three points is going to matter, and that 52-and-a-half is – if the Bucks win, they're going to go way over that 52-and-a-half. There's no way they're shutting down the Saints' offense unless – Kamara has an injury or something from the Bears game, which he did not show any of that. I will say, though, their receivers did not play as well as I thought against the Bears, even though our defense has been kind of shaky and the fact that we were able to almost get a couple of picks. And I think Brady will be able to pick apart that same secondary because they were leaving some pretty big windows and guys on the Bears did not take advantage of it. They were drop passes and that they can't play. Let's put it like this. Their secondary plays against Tampa the way they did against Chicago. Tampa's going to have a couple of touchdown passes to Evans and to Goodwin, and they're playing just a different level of team offensively. So that's why I'm leaning towards the uh, Bucks here because the Saints kind of showed me, like, if that super team defense that uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers put together from 2013 can roll it back again a few more years, I think they can shut down the run, and Alvin Kamara is, is that team. He's the engine that makes a move. So I'm gonna take the Bucks. I'm gonna take the Buccaneers on this one and the uh, under. I think it'll be just at like 49, 48. I'm gonna put it at like 28, 21, right around there. Maybe even 35, 14 if it just gets out of hand early. Good, Ant. No, no, I was just gonna. Say, I was gonna wait till you're done, but I was just gonna say that um, it seems like we we haven't all three of us haven't agreed on one game. Mm, no, because you went against us. Yeah, I went against y'all with uh the Rams, and then you, and then Malik took, no, you took Buffalo, mm-hmm. and then Malik took yeah, Baltimore. Yeah, took Buffalo. Because on yeah, because on the sheet it had it opposite, and then we're both taking. Sorry, Cleveland. I got it. It's opposite. Yeah. Yeah, and we're both taking Cleveland, and you just believe Casey's just going to destroy him. Yep. But it's a much shorter pod when it comes to the NFL games, but. I just wanted to discuss, how do y'all think the Harden trade is going to affect the Eastern Conference? Because it looks right now that Toronto's getting back on track, so they're not going to be the worst team in the Atlantic. Philadelphia's running away with it so far. Philadelphia and Milwaukee have shown themselves to be the two best teams in the East. Will this make the Nets the third best team? I think they, they're, they're the third best at at worst, right? At, at worst, they're the third best team in the East. I still, so I think than that Miami just by adding them. I think they, I, I think they were already better than Miami just because of the depth. I, I think that would honestly, honestly, with what they've given up, with what they had to give up to get Harden, I think this is a bit of a wash. Um, so I actually don't think that they've gotten, you know, progressively better adding Harden <laughs> than, than than they were than they were before Harden. And that's not to say that Harden, Harden, Harden by himself is not a better player than. Um, you know, than either Karis LeVert or Torian Prince or Jared Allen. But collectively, you know, he's better than he's better than clearly all of those guys. But yeah, effective. I think the I, I read I read a, I read an article um, yesterday, either that last night or, or this morning, that noted that Jared Allen was um, <laughs> responsible for twenty two percent of the Nets rebounds and twenty seven percent of the Nets blocked shots. So that means he was he was a huge part of what they were doing from a he defensive was perspective. Than DeAndre Jordan, then clearly, like De- wow. DeAndre Jordan, DeAndre DeAndre Jordan was a did, was a did not play coach's decision in a game against Nikola Jokic 
two days before this trade. So mm-hmm. when you had the opportunity to play Nikola, you, to play, you, you were going to play against the best defensive centers in the league in Nikola Jokic, you didn't play DeAndre Jordan. You just left him on the bench, and you played Jared Allen for 30-something, 30-some-odd minutes in that game. Yeah. So that just goes to show you what the Nets feel about DeAndre Jordan. This team is going to be a sieve defensively unless they figure out a way to get into the buyout market and grab some people that get, they get, the, they get off the cutting floor, and they have no money, right? Their cap is, their cap is completely you know, oh, yeah. bottomed it's out insane. with respect to you know, the, the, the three top guys. So, right now, which is crazy. Yeah, I mean, I think it's just going to be really interesting to see how they build out the rest of that roster now that, you know, now that those guys are gone and what they're going to have to put together there. And it's going to show, I think, where it's going to show is in the playoffs. It's not going to show in the regular season. The regular season, they, they should be perfectly fine winning their 40-some-odd games out of this 52, out of the 72-game season or maybe in 50 games um, and get themselves a, you know, <clears throat> top two or three seed. But if you think that they're going to they, – I, I cannot wait to see them play Philly because Joel Embiid <laughs> is, going to, is, going, is, going to, is going to trap all – he's going to crap all over that team if he's healthy. Um, who are they going to play at center? I mean, is Kevin Durant their center? Is Jeff Green their center right now? No, like, who's, who's, who's the starting center? He might not oh, even make it out the East, though. Isn't he 30? DeAndre Jordan's not, like, super old, right? He's 34. No, right? no. He's, like, 33, 34. He's, he's okay. just not – He's just not very good anymore. He's not, he's not very good anymore. I mean, he's going to grab some trash rebounds and stuff like that, but he's just not that good anymore. He's falling off. So they gave up the so season. much. Yeah. They gave up so much of their they depth. They gave away the depth. And Dinwiddie's gone. Yeah. Like, they don't have the opportunity to, 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 to do it. And they just don't have the money or the cap space. They can't make another trade, you know. This was an all-in move for them. And if they don't win the championship this year, if they don't win the championship by next year, it's a failure. Um, and the other thing is, uh, in 2022, I just, I just read this, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and James Harden have opt-outs in their, in their mm-hmm. contracts for 2022. But what I find funny so, about is, if, if, if Harden opts out, right, who's going to match this salary? Because Houston was going to give him $50 million to add two more years onto this contract. And he was like, no, no, no. I'm not staying at Houston any longer than I have to be. So he turned down $100 million. Yeah. The money's not important to him because he's made so much at this point. And I get it. He wants to win. But if they don't, let's put it like this, as bad as the Eastern Conference is this year, and I shouldn't say it's bad, as discombobulated it is, Philly being the best team, Toronto hugely falling off, basically not having any big men. The Western Conference is being more competitive with Portland and even, you know, Memphis and New Orleans and other teams stepping up. Charlotte hasn't gotten much better. They're actually worse than the Knicks, even though they added a more talented player in Gordon Hayward, which is crazy. Miami's not playing as well as they did. Whatever they did in the bubble didn't carry over to the regular season, although Jimmy Butler's been banged up. And Boston's had to cancel a bunch of games because of COVID. So we don't know what they can do still, although they've been playing well. Um, they don't have anybody to guard Giannis, but they also don't have anybody on to guard Harden. So... I guess they're just gonna. It's gonna be 150 to 155, and when they be in the playoffs, because that's gonna be interesting to me to seeing Milwaukee play them. Forget Philly; they not they may not meet till the Eastern Conference Finals. It's gonna be Milwaukee yeah. and Nets duking it out, and if Drew Holiday can basically outplay Kyrie Irving and stay healthy throughout the whole season, they may actually have an advantage because Chris Middleton can do enough because Harden has to guard him the same way he has to guard yeah. Harden, and he's taller. Exactly. So. Yeah. So 
I don't know. It, like the offense is going to be insane, but the personalities is. I keep saying like this is going to be the um, the greatest five seed in the history of the Eastern Conference. <laughs> because I mean, I, they're like twenty eighth right now in defense, and it's not going. I mean, unless I'm just wrong about Harden and he can get into shape real quick, I don't see how it's going to improve. I would say the offense should be the offense should be very very good, but they but they are going to need time to figure this out. It's not going to be instantaneous. I, I really doubt. I highly doubt it's going to be a, you know, a flip of a flip of the light switch, and all of a sudden these guys are, you know, perfectly fine playing playing with each other, and they're they're not they're not running into any kind of spacing situations or issues yeah. with the ball with the ball sticking. Like there's going to be, I think there's going to be some growing pains between these the three of these guys because Seriously. Harden isn't the same player that he was when he played with Kevin Durant pro, uh, previously, and Kyrie is the most you know. Mercurial, enigmatic, enigmatic superstar we have in this league. So, he's not enigmatic. you know, he's just weird. He's on. Some <laughs> stuff. I'm, I'm gonna call it like. I mean, being I, a New York he's on some other stuff. He's he's new. I'm Brooklyn. just saying, on, on the court, on the court, I think he is just he's he's very difficult to read in terms of, you know, what's he's not a traditional point guard. He's yes. not. He's not. He's probably not the best passer on the team. Harden's probably a better passer than Kyrie. Than Kyrie is, 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 is at this point. Yeah. So you know, is he a, is he a, just a short two guard? Is he a, is he just a scoring one? Is he a combo? You know, and neither one of them is really going to defend on the perimeter, and so that means that you're going to you're going to be letting you know guys are going to be waltzing themselves to the rim and getting to the bucket and having to face DeAndre Jordan, which five years ago that was problems, but now I don't think it is. So we'll see. And what do you got to say? No, yeah, but it's basically covered everything really right there. I don't have nothing really to add. I just don't think that this is actually was a good move in the first place. I think that the Nets are going to be dead in the water in the next two years. I don't think they're even going to make it out the East, in my opinion. Seriously? So you don't think they go to the finals this year or next year? I don't think so. I don't think so. I think this, is a, I think this was a bad decision. Unless they can pull something fat, you know, some, another type of trade or anything like that, which I don't see, but... I can't really see them getting out the East. I really can't. Mm. We'll see what happens, but I think this was, this was a horrible trade. And at the end, Houston is going to be reaping the rewards. Do you think this actually helps Houston this season? Because I'd like to point out that all these teams that I mentioned, Denver, Memphis, and OKC in Sacramento, they're not in the playoffs right now. They're not above 500. The best team oh. in the West are the Lakers and the Clippers, record-wise, as usual, and then Utah's third. Houston's like second to last after 10 games. I don't think this helps Houston out now, but down the road they're going to be a, a very good team. Because they did we'll get, put together a team with a good cap on their hands, cap wise too as well. Didn't Houston end up with um, Oladipo? Because Caris yeah. Levert actually went to because they swapped players with Indiana, so they right. got Oladipo, yeah. and then Indiana took Caris Levert because they were like, "We can make this work." Oladipo wants to leave anyway. Yeah, and Ol- Oladipo is an expiring contract, so so I think th- I think this works out in the short term for Houston because. It gets them under the luxury well. tax. Well, anyway, it gets them under the luxury tax. Oladipo's actually not a he's, – he's, he's a good player that's playing well, that's playing, that's playing much better than, you know, obviously that he's, he's back. He's, he's back to being healthy. And so maybe he's not the superstar talent that – maybe he's not the superstar that, you know, that James Harden is, and maybe he's not the, corner, the cornerstone building block that you, that you want him to be. But at the very least, he's given you a, uh, a trade exception now so maybe you can still you can still deal him at the deadline if you wanted to to another team and get back some trade get back some more draft assets but the most important thing here is 
they recouped a lot of the draft capital that they lost in the in the Russell Westbrook trade when oh, they yeah. traded for uh, for Russell Westbrook. For trading Russell Westbrook Ex- exactly, Westbrook. exactly, and so that's the thing I think helps them out the most is that they're now able to you know showcase a a a young talent in Christian Wood who's clearly you know playing playing much better and playing playing at a level that's you know a lot of people probably didn't see him getting to. John Wall's actually playing pretty good basketball and looks to be completely recovered. And you know, if you get something out of Oladipo, great. And if you don't, you can trade him. So you know, I think this puts them in a really good spot um, to rebound and to you know to replenish their stock um, in, mm-hmm. in in not just this year, but in the near in a couple of next they couple have, of years. So they have four first round picks, three of the Nets, one of um, Cleveland, one of Milwaukee's, and then they have mm-hmm. four pick swaps in basically every other year. Mm-hmm. So. If they let's put it like this, they have a lot of chances to draft a lot of people who who should be able to play. Eric exactly. Gordon's hurt right meanwhile, now. yeah. Meanwhile, the Nets have no picks, and I think until the Nets can't make they can't they can't trade a pick. They can't they can trade like second round turns. picks. Yeah, LeBron. Yeah, they can't. They don't have a first round pick until LeBron turns like forty, and he's thirty six right now. <laughs> Bronny's gonna be in the league by the time by the time LeBron by the time they they have picks. It's, it's crazy that if you kind of think about it, the the Rockets actually passed off their troubles onto the Nets, mm-hmm. who continually can who continually make wild swings at like all right, let's win it all right now. So the last time they did it with much older players, I will give them credit. At least this time, no one's over the age of thirty four, right? No one's been in the league. But the difference is, all these guys came into the league after basically one year in college. James Harden played two. So all these guys have been in the NBA. Everybody keeps forgetting. Longer than DeMarcus Cousins, who I just realized, is in his 10th year in the NBA. Wow. He, he got drafted 10 years ago. Yeah, that's what I'm uh-huh. talking about. So if he's 30, all of these guys have been in the league for, I think, no, Kyrie's been in the league since 2011. So this makes it the same year as DeMarcus Cousins. All of them have been in the year long, league longer than that. They've been in the league since, like, people forget, it. Kevin Durant played for the Seattle Seahawks. Seattle Seahawks. Seattle Supersonics. He played first yeah, that was his first year. First two years. Yeah. So a lot of people don't even remember that team exists. He's not a young man, so it, I honestly believe like this is the year for them. So I don't know. Like I think Houston can actually turn it around because Demarcus Cousins was that press conference was priceless to me. Just seeing his reaction. So <laughs> I think I think they're trying to win now to like they're gonna buy into what this coach is saying and like turn it around and save their careers, and you know at least walk into the playoffs and give Houston some hope. All right, y'all. You want to do any shout-outs to end this off? Ant? Mm, I'd like to give a shout-out to Robert Salah. I hope I pronounced his name right. New Jets coach. Glad he's here. I'd also like to give a shout-out to Adam Google Gates. I hope you never get hired ever again. Good, <laughs> you, know, you know, I don't usually say this against anybody about never having a job, but, you know, I hope Adam Gates never has another job in the NFL again. Wow. Hopefully he has enough money saved up for him and his kids and grandkids or whatever. Well, he can always go coaching college football. They find no, a bunch go, of people at that level. He can coach in Madden. There you go. He can go coach Tennessee. Yeah, ruin their, ruin their, their program. Can't get much worse. Uh, Malik? <laughs> I, gave my, I, gave a, I gave the shout-out last week. I'm going to give the same shout-out again this week. Shout-out to Doug Peterson. You stuck to your guns <laughs> and it cost you your job. It cost you your job, my friend. But David, wow. you stuck to you stuck to your guns, and on the way on the on the on the way out, while the door while the door was hitting you on the way out, you solidified that the Philadelphia Eagles would get the sixth pick in the draft. So guess what? You're good. 
you're golden. Congratulations, man. Yeah. Have a beer. Enjoy your Super Bowl ring. You that that you earned. You earned that Super Bowl ring. You got that, and you'll get another job soon in the, soon in the league. And somebody somebody's gonna take a chance on you. So don't worry about it. I don't think he'll be out of work for very long. But Doug Peterson, good job sticking to your guns. And if it costs you your job, so be it. Watch well, he's the just head coach. Watch he's the new head coach in Houston. Watch. Watch. <laughs> I'm serious. Because anybody who could win a, a Super Bowl with the Eagles against the Patriots, like, listen, he's going to get a lot of chances. Who knows? He might be the Seattle Seahawks next OC. You know what? That wouldn't be such a bad decision. Because he was a really good offensive coordinator, and him and Frank Reich were coming on plays together. Maybe people thought it was more Frank Reich, but it was all working then. Carson Wentz exactly. was golden then. So it's not just Wentz that they're upset about, but like apparently they just didn't think he could go into a future of the NFL, which is crazy because he won the Super Bowl, what, three years ago? Mm-hmm. Like three Yeah, they just did. They, they said they didn't season. believe yeah. 2017. Yeah, they, they said they didn't believe in his, his, his plan to improve the team, which is just a load of crap because <laughs> they want to get rid of him. <laughs> They, they, they make, no, because this. Yeah, it's a load of crap because they realize that they they honestly can't get rid of this. There's no way they can recoup that Carson Wentz contract, so they have to keep Wentz. Yeah, but he um, he's not the GM. He's not the GM that drafted um what's his name Mac Wentz um Hurts. He didn't draft the Hurts. Exactly. No, Jeff. You talking about Lori? No, nah, Lori's the owner. I don't know who the GM of the Eagles is, but he's been making some. Yeah, he's like, the GM of the Eagles. Unless you wanted him to play. In the, why draft him in the second round when you have a franchise quarterback who has three more years left on the deal? That'd be like if the Lions had drafted Jalen Hurts instead of Philadelphia. You're sending your quarterback a message like, hey, um, you better start winning real soon, Matt Stafford. Otherwise, you have this other gentleman here who can play. Well, I wish we had Jalen Hurts. It's fine. <laughs> I hear you on that. I wish the Bears had had Jalen Hurts. That would have been a much different offense. Seriously. The quarterback would have been run and throw accurately. Uh, exactly. All right. Shout, I'm going to do my shout-outs. Shout-outs to Lance Briggs uh, on his Twitter feed, which has been pretty amazing throughout the playoffs and throughout the season on the Bears and the rest of the teams. Shout-out to Chuck Pagano for retiring. I'm sorry that the Bears sent you out a loser, but – you helped us get to a top 10 defense every year. You were there the past two seasons. Go relax, my friend. Uh, maybe you'll get another shot at being an NFL head coach if you want one. But the fact that you retired kind of let me know. Yeah, I'm done. I'm good. I'm going to head out. Shout out to Tom Brady and Drew Brees for being the two oldest dudes ever to win a playoff game. And I can't wait to see two, two of y'all get chased around the field by these young dudes next week. It's going to be hilarious. I want to see him Dominic <laughs> Sue sack Drew Brees. As his ankles just turned to dust, that <laughs> um, I'm, I'm really gonna enjoy that. Uh, I want to see. I really want to see the Ravens come through and win and just kind of light up the Bills. I don't know if that's gonna happen, but I am uh, laying this at the football gods' feet so that that may happen. I want to see Marcus Peters get a pick. Just, just dreams. That's all. Just a young guy with some <laughs> dreams here. And uh, that's it, folks. Enjoy your January. Hopefully, you can maintain it still being dry. I've broken that streak already. So, uh, yeah, we'll see y'all next week for another recap, and we'll be adding some uh, NBA games next week. Peace. Peace. Peace out. Yeah, I just realized it.